Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. You can call in and ask your Bible question or make a comment. We encourage you to do that. That's what keeps the, I think, what keeps the program interesting. If you're just listening to me preach, you're probably going to get beer, uh, excuse me, bored. But with the callers coming in and the dialogue, I think it gets very interesting at times. So be sure and call us and listen. Deal with your Bible question or comment at 877-655-6755. Tim from Iowa, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Okay, first I need to listen on the telephone. Okay, verse right. in the Bible says, uh, Whosoever puts your way your wife, except for fornication, and marries another, commits adultery. I had a Matthew 19.9, right. Preacher today said, put away your wife means to put her outside in the street. There's no way it can mean that because if you could, if you put your way, a wife away out, just put her outside, as for fornication, that means you can get married again. You have two wives at the same time, right? Yeah, that's right. If you just put her outside the house for fornication, you can marry again and you have two wives. That's exactly right, Jim. So put away your wife. It has to, in that verse, has to mean divorce, doesn't it? Yeah, as a matter of fact. This is the King James Version. It's an older translation. All the newer translations say divorce there instead of put away. Even in the King James, when it's saying almost the same thing, not quite in Matthew 5.32, Jesus said, whoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. So he said, if you put away your wife, that's wrong. And whoever marries your wife, the one that's divorced, commits adultery so put away and divorced are used interchangeably there that's just the old way put away is just the old way of saying divorced and the newer translations have divorced in all those cases tim the other question is uh say a woman's married she gets a divorce not for fornication now she cannot get married again but the guy can the guy get married again no it says whoever marries the one that's put away commits adultery at the end of matthew 19 9 and at the but end of the Matthew guy, five thirty two, and at the end of Luke sixteen eighteen, but the innocent guy that didn't have the divorce can he get married again? Right. If I divorce my wife for say incompatibility, then neither one of us can remarry because okay, we're both uh, because we're both according to Romans seven two and three, it says the wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. So that if she okay. marries a, marries another, she should be called an adulterer. So we're still bound or obligated to one another. If I divorce her. For unscriptural, we're still both bound to one another. Neither one of us can remarry. Go ahead, Tim. This person was saying the words uh, in the original Greek, or he, Greek, Greek, I guess it would be, uh, put away does not mean divorce. Okay, well, but it does mean divorce. If you, this is word in the Greek is apoluo right there. Okay? Okay. okay. So apoluo, if you look it up, and if anybody would like me to send them some material on this, I can send you all the definitions that we have in the Bible dictionaries for Apollua, and I can assure you it does mean divorce. And when somebody some says of... something like that, Tim, that's somebody who's trying to get around the Bible. People will say yeah. anything to get around yeah. the Bible so they can stay in a second or third marriage that Jesus calls it adultery. They'll make up anything. Go ahead, Tim. How would I, how would I get a copy of uh, your some kind of a tract or a writing or something on okay. marriage and divorce? How can I get that? Okay. I can't remember. Do you have an email address? I can't remember if you have one. No, I don't. That's the best way to do it, but I could probably send it to you through the regular mail. 
I could call you next week and give you my address. Call, again, me, call me tomorrow and give me your – I know I've had your address before, but call me tomorrow, okay. give me your physical address, and I'll mail you something in the mail, okay? Okay, the guy saying this was a preacher. I, he's saying it because there's too many people, like from the church, that are – some are married two or three times, and he don't want to offend them, you know? Right, right. That's exactly it because he's feeling like, look, if I offend them, if I preach the truth on divorce and remarriage, yeah, you got well, it. Tim, I understand it the way I understand it is. And I'm talking about probably about 95% of the churches across America here. This is how rampant it is. I understand that. I've read this stat. 20%, 20% of the membership of almost all of these, all the churches across America are in a second or third marriage that violates Matthew 19.9, a marriage that Jesus would call adultery. And the preachers won't preach against it in 95% of the churches, probably because, like you said, they're afraid to lose a few members. They're... They're afraid of losing some contribution because of that. But compare that, Tim, to Mark 6, 17 and 18. Now, this is while the Old Testament law was still binding. I want to preface it by saying that. Secular history, Tim tells us Herod had divorced her, his, his wife and Herodias had divorced her husband. Now Herod and Herodias are married. Now here John the Baptist confronts them. Mark 6, 17 and 18 says, For Herod himself had sent forth and laid a hold upon John, and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee, for thee to have thy brother's wife. Matthew 14, 4 said, It's not lawful for you to have her. John the Baptist is confronting Herod and said, It's not lawful for you to have Herodias. They're married, but it's an unscriptural marriage. Both Herod and Herodias had been married before. For whatever reason, it's unscriptural. John the Baptist is is undeniably telling them they have to terminate that marriage because it's unscriptural. It's not lawful for you to have her. And so many preachers today don't have the courage to do that, but John the Baptist was willing to do it even though he lost his head because of it. Verse 27. Go ahead, Tim. One more question. In the New Testament, I know the Old Testament talks about the tithe, 10%. Is there anywhere in the New Testament that says you should give 10%? It says cheerfully and liberally. It doesn't ever say 10% or any percent, does it? That's right. That's strictly that's strictly an Old Testament law. The New okay. Testament, like you said, gives cheerfully. For example, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2 says, Give as God hath prospered him. So the more you make, the more you should give. So my wife and I, Tim, my wife and I, Basically, we give a lot more than 10% because we feel like we're under a better covenant or testament. Okay, we I give a lot more than 10%. The New Testament doesn't require 10%. Most faithful Christians I know, okay. I think, give more than 10%. So there's no set percentage in the New Testament. I got you. No set percentage. But that's not an excuse to give hardly nothing. That's an excuse to that. even give more. Okay. Well, you maybe should give more. It says cheerfully and liberally. So. Yep. That's exactly okay. right. Thanks for your call, Tim. You got it exactly right. Hey, thanks for your help. All right. Hey, Tim was quoting. Yeah. Now I'm just I'm gonna let you go, Tim. You call me call me tomorrow. Tim was quoting Matthew nineteen nine, but I don't know if we've read it. Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. So if Jack is scripturally married to Jill and Jack divorces Jill. Well, if she did, if she cheated on him, on him sexually, Jack then would have the right to divorce Jill for fornication and marry Betty. God would be fine with that. But if Jill hadn't committed fornication and Jack divorces her for, say, let's say, incompatibility, 
which is the most common type of calls for divorce in America, I'm, I'm confident. Jack divorces Jill for incompatibility and marries Betty. Jesus calls that marriage adulterous. That means every time Jack sleeps with Betty, he's committing adultery, even though the state he lives in may say it's a, it's a valid marriage. But God is saying it's not a valid marriage. It's not a scriptural marriage. Instead, he's saying it's an adulterous marriage. And so if Jack wants to get right with God, if he wants to repent of that and get forgiveness, he's going to have to terminate the marriage with Betty. He can't just say, God, I'm sorry for the adultery, but oh, by the way, I'm planning on committing it every weekend. Not any more than than two gay men can say they're sorry, but say, we're, we're sorry, forgive us, but we're going to stay in this homosexual relationship. Of course they can't stay in a gay relationship and be forgiven. Of course you can't stay in an adulterous marriage and be forgiven. You got to terminate that marriage and you got to seek reconciliation to your original spouse. So Jack's going to have to terminate the marriage with Betty. If he wants to do what's right and receive forgiveness and go to heaven, he's going to have to seek reconciliation with Jill. That's pretty simple. There's nothing unclear about that or ambiguous. The problem is we have all these preachers wanting to preach it a different way because everybody's scared to stand for the truth on it, even though it's crystal clear, because everybody wants to live in sin and still be considered a faithful Christian. They want to keep the second or third marriage and still be considered a faithful Christian. And the preachers want to allow it so that people won't leave and the contribution will go with them. That's what happens. Also, we mentioned Romans 7, 2, and 3. We need to read that because we just we just halfway quoted it. Romans 7, 2, 2 and 3 says, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. A great synonym for bound here is obligated. What this passage is saying, here's a woman. If she marries a second man while her original husband is still alive, then that second marriage is adultery. It doesn't make it right just because it's a marriage. The state of Alabama may give her a right to marry that second man. But this verse says it's adultery because her first husband, her original husband, is still alive. And so she's still bound or obligated to him. So even if she marries that second man, let's say she divorces the first husband for incompatibility, and she marries a second husband. Well, the state of Alabama or any other state probably would say that's okay. But God is saying no, because that first husband is still alive. You're still bound or obligated to him. When you marry the second man, you have just become an adulteress because you're cheating on that original husband. God expects you to fulfill those vows that you made with that original husband. Till death do us part. And if you divorce your spouse and they're still alive and you marry another, that's adultery. And if you want to repent of that to be forgiven, you can't repent and then just, I'm going to keep in the marriage. That would be saying, I'm going to repent, but I'm going to keep on committing the sin. No, you're going to have to terminate that marriage and seek reconciliation with the original spouse. The only exception to this rule we find in Romans 7, 2, and 3 is what we saw in Matthew 19, 9 and Matthew 5, 32. If your spouse cheats on you sexually, then God gives you the right to divorce them for that reason then you can remarry without committing adultery. But if you get divorced, if they divorce you for whatever reason, Matthew 19, 9 says, whoever marries the put away woman commits adultery. Matthew 5, 32 says, whoever marries the divorced, the woman divorced like in such way. I can't, I'm not quoting it exactly, commits adultery. So if I divorce my wife, Carol, for incompatibility, then if either one of us remarries, 
It's adultery. Even though Carol may not be at fault. Why is it adultery if she's not at fault? Because she's still bound to me. She's still obligated to that to that responsibility she agreed to when we did our marriage vows. The fact that I divorced her from for incompatibility for an unscriptural reason doesn't relieve me of that responsibility, and it doesn't relieve her of that responsibility either. Now, this is all clear in the Bible. It's not ambiguous. This subject's not hard to understand. It just it, just in our environment, it's hard for people to do. I'm told 50% of the marriages today end in divorce. Now, 100 years ago, every church stood for the truth on this. Every church said if you get in that second or third marriage like that, you got to terminate it to be right with God. But that was easy because maybe only one out of 50 marriages end in a divorce 100 years ago. Now that it's one out of every two marriages, the churches just lost their strength. They compromise because they don't want to lose members. So they just preach, well, divorce is regrettable, but just stay in whatever marriage you're in. Even though Jesus calls it adultery, it's okay to stay in it. Well, the next thing you know, they're going to be saying, well, even though Jesus calls this gay marriage sinful, it's okay to stay in it. Well, maybe half the churches are now doing that. It's not just going to be that way. Probably half the churches out there are now saying gay marriage is okay. So that's what happens. You, if you, if you allow adulterous marriages for long enough, you're eventually going to allow gay marriages. If you have a Bible question or comment, Give us a call at 877-655-6755. The number to call, and the lines are wide open. If you have a Bible question or comment and you want to get on the air, the number to call is 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. We welcome your call. This is a Bible discussion program. We don't want it just to be one way. As I said, we don't want it to me to bore you to death by just having a sermon here, a monologue. We want the calls to come in and let's have dialogue and discussion because I think that's going to make the program interesting and it's a good way to learn the truth. Jesus did it all the time. Question and answer. Talking about the issues. That's what Jesus did. Jeff from New Jersey. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hello. Good evening. Hey, Thank you for um, the call, Jeff. Hey, no, you're welcome. Um, I, I know I've just been listening for the past five minutes and, and uh, definitely appreciate everything you're saying. And, and earlier in my life when I was trying to figure out if I was to be with somebody, um, I prayed over this and um, I, I landed on I probably shouldn't marry this person um, because they were they were divorced. But the reason they were divorced was because they were in a very abusive marriage relationship. And I was wondering if you could comment on that. If somebody is married and, they're, and, and their spouse is physically and mentally abusive to them, it, what, where do you stand in, in terms of divorcing in that case? So that's an unfortunate situation. But if we look, Jeff, honestly, at Matthew 19.9, let's read that again. Let's read the first part of it. Oh, it says, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. Doesn't that say, Jeff, that the only way you can divorce and remarry is if your spouse, spouse cheats on you sexually, then you may divorce them for that, and you remarry. But you can't do any of that if they don't cheat on you sexually. Isn't that what it's really saying when it says, Except for fornication, Jeff, isn't that the isn't that the force of the exception there? 
For example, that, Jeff, the, when Jesus that, said, "Accept a man," specific. go ahead, Jeff. Sure. No, absolutely. That that is the the reason that it's it's giving. I'm just wondering how 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 do you counsel somebody that's in that situation? Like, I guess separation for the rest of their lives. If it's if the other person doesn't repent and it's still going to be abusive, then they live apart. I guess. Let me answer that question. Mary, First, I was but, try, I was trying to quote John 3, 3 for the audience, since you already know this, Jeff. Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That except means this is the only way you're going to see the kingdom of God is if you be born again. There's no other way. That's the force of the exception. Same way with Matthew 19, 9. So if somebody's being abused, I would say that that doesn't, that doesn't mean you can do away with the marriage, just like any other sin, short of fornication. You can't do away with the marriage. I feel sorry for people in that situation, and I would say you should call the police. Call the police and have that stop, but it doesn't allow you to divorce or separate from them permanently. Debbie from Arkansas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Um, Debbie, you're on yes. the air. Yes, sir. My question was, back on the Jack and Jill scenario of... Um, Jack divorcing Jill because he just couldn't get along with her or whatever, and he goes and marries Betty. Well, years later, say if he's born again and and wants to divorce Betty to make it right and go back and reconcile with Jill, but what? But Jill has already remarried. Okay, that's a very good question, and uh, I appreciate you using the same name, so I think it'll keep it straight. Very good question. <laughs> Here's what happens, and that happens a lot. Jack now finds out that his marriage, later he's finding out now, he studied the Bible finally, he finds out his marriage to Betty is adultery, unscriptural. He wants to repent of that and get forgiveness. He becomes a Christian. Repent. Remember, it, and I'm answering your question. I'm getting to it, Debbie. In Acts 2.38, Peter told believers, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So you got to be baptized to get the remission of sins, but it won't do you good unless you repent. So he repents. To become a Christian, which means he's going to have to terminate that marriage with Betty, quit that adultery, just like any other sin. Now he seeks reconciliation with Jill, but Jill won't take him back. That's the question, right, Debbie? Right, because she's so already he's, moved on and remarried. Yeah, she's already moved on and remarried. So he's going to have to remain celibate, unmarried the rest of his life. Here's a, here's a verse that may directly talk about that. 1 Corinthians 7, 10, 11 says, Unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But let's turn that around. If we switch the genders, it would say, let not the husband depart from his wife. And Jack did that. Mm -hmm. He marries Betty. He's deciding to become a Christian, so he knows he's got to repent, so he can't stay in that adulterous marriage with Betty when he's repenting to become a Christian. He gets out of that marriage. So what is he going to do? Jill won't take him back. Verse 11 says, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. So the, the idea is you seek to be reconciled, but if they won't take you back, don't marry a second person. That would be adultery. You remain unmarried if they won't take you back. But it does take two to tango, Debbie. And if they won't take mm -hmm. you back, you're just going to have to stay single, not marry anybody else because that would be adultery. But you're out of sin. You've repented of the original sin of divorce and remarriage. You got out of that adulterous marriage, and you've fully repented because you sought reconciliation. You tried to be reconciled, as verse 11 says. They won't take you back. That's their problem. That's their fault. 
you have to remain mm-hmm. unmarried, according to First Corinthians seven mm-hmm. eleven. That's what it says. Remain mm-hmm. unmarried or be reconciled. If they won't let you be reconciled, you'll have to remain unmarried. Does that answer your question, Debbie? That's First Corinthians seven ten and eleven. It sure does, and and that's what I was thinking. And also, Jill has no um, sin committed herself from going ahead and remarrying. Correct. Well. No, I would disagree with that if I understood your scenario, because remember, let's go back to Matthew 19, 9. And and here's Matthew 19, 9, and we're going to put Jack and Jill in there. Here's the first part. First part is, whoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. That's Jack divorcing Jill, not for fornication. He's remarries, he's committing adultery, right? But the second part of that verse, Debbie, says, whoever marries her which is put away doth commit adultery. Or the newer translations will say, whoever marries her that is divorced doth commit adultery. So Jill was the one that was put away. And it says, whoever marries her commits adultery. And the reason, Debbie, is because of what we read from Romans 7, 2, and 3. When Jack divorced Jill, not for fornication, they were both still bound to one another. Romans 7 says you're bound to your spouse as long as he lives. So so Mm -hmm. Jill is still bound to Jack and Jack's still bound to Jill. And this unscriptural divorce doesn't release either one of them from the obligation. Whoever marries Jill commits adultery. So Jill is in adultery, if I understood the scenario you presented, Debbie. Okay. okay. She needs to get out of that too. But And if she if she's willing to get out of it, then she'll go back, if she wants to do what's right, to Jack. But, but you know, not everybody's willing to do what's right. Jack has to do what's right even if Jill won't do what's right. I know. I, I, I understand. I appreciate it. Okay, Debbie, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye. Wesley from Georgia, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, my question, how are you doing this evening? Great, Wesley, thanks for your call. Uh, my question is, is adultery and fornication the same thing? Okay. First of all, i got a question for you. Are you from Georgia, right? Yes. Are you a Georgia Bulldog fan? No, sir. <laughs> just teasing you there. No, <laughs> adultery and fornication aren't exactly the same thing. I could send you these definitions, but fornication is, adultery is a subset of fornication. Fornication refers to any unlawful sex. That would include adultery, or it would include a young man and a young woman having sex before marriage. It's not adultery because neither one of them are married. Or it would even include a person having sex. Homosexuality is a subset of uh, fornication. Having sex with an animal, bestiality, is also a type of fornication. Adultery is a type of fornication where one of the parties is at least supposed to be married to another, so they're cheating on another person. That's adultery. It's a type of fornication, but not all types of fornication are adultery. Does that answer your question, Wesley? Does that make any sense? No, because I was asking you because I did a study on fornication and why Jesus said that a man should not put away for put away his wife except for the cause of fornication. And when I did an in-depth study for a long time, I found out that it meant that we have to uphold the standard of a Christian marriage all the way around. It just isn't a sex thing. Well, it's, I mean, I can send you the material, uphold. Wesley. Oh, Wesley, yeah, I can. But I, I study. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be glad to send anybody the material 
the definitions from the Bible dictionaries. All you got to do is just after the program, and I'll give you the number in just a minute, text me or call me and ask me for the material that proves what I just said about fornication and adultery. I can prove it conclusively. Fornication includes adultery. Uh, uh, it includes sex before marriage. It includes bestiality, having sex with animals. It includes homosexuality. It's the word that refers to all illicit sexual activity. Adultery is where somebody's committing unlawful sex when they're supposed to be married to another. You're cheating on somebody, as Romans 7, 2, and 3 says. If you'll just ask me, I'll send that material. Here's the number. Call or text me at 256-682-9753. And if you want a free one-hour phone Bible study, with me sometime at your convenience, call or text me at 256-682-9753. I'll send you any of the material that I offer tonight, that I mentioned tonight. I'll be glad to send it to you, email, whatever's the best way. Glad to have a free Bible study with you sometime at your convenience. Call or text me at 256-682-9753. Appreciate all the good calls. Thank you for listening tonight. And be sure to listen next week at this same time.